You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, hello there and welcome to this week's Momentum. It is uh, Tim and Des with you once again. Des, nice to have you with me, my friend. How are you? I'm really good, man. It's really great to be here once again on Momentum. Uh, MomentumAustralia.org, by the way, is our website. We'd love you to uh, check out the website. Previous episodes of the show will be there. And, of course, you can find out a bit more about Momentum, why we exist, what we aim to do. And we are a not-for-profit, so if you'd like to uh, put a few dollars into seeing Momentum continue, that would be much appreciated. MomentumAustralia.org. So each week here on Momentum, we explore a topic with a special guest. And I am super excited about this week, Des. I mean, I'm excited most weeks, but this week... I'm very, very excited because this uh, this man that we're going to speak to has so much wealth that we can glean from. His name is Nicholas Marks, and Nick is the CEO of AIFC, the Australian Institute of Family Counselling. He joins us to tell us a bit more about himself, his journey, his journey into counselling. We're going to explore some of the reasons, too, why he thinks it's so important to consider men particularly going to a counsellor if they don't already, what are the benefits of that, and some of the fears that we have around that as men. Nick, it is absolutely awesome to have you on the show, mate. Welcome. Oh, hello, Tim, and yeah, thank you for having me. It's it's great to be here and join you and Des today. That's great. True. And look, we just want to you know set off and get straight out of the, the traps by saying I know that you have a real heart for men. And, uh, you know, you, you have a real desire to, to help men and see them succeed and get through their stuff. L- let's talk a bit more about yourself and then we can find out a bit more about where that heart's come from. So, Nick, tell us a bit more about your, your upbringing, your background, uh, your, your faith journey. Are you married? you have kids? Paint us a bit of a picture of who Nicholas Marks is. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll try and do the, 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 um, the headlines, but... Um I was actually born in the UK. You wouldn't hear that in my accent. I was only there for 10 weeks. I was born down in the city of Bath, down the southwest of England. Mm. And uh, my mum was English and my dad was Australian, chasing her around the world. And she eventually, <laughs> after a number of years, said yes. And uh, they were together and then had uh, a bunch of kids there and then came back to Australia to the beautiful south coast of New South Wales where I was raised south of Wollongong, if people know that area, yes. and uh, went to school and life and uni down there, and uh, um, so that was, uh, you know, it was a real blessing. So there was a little bit of time in the UK and then raised uh, down south. Um, my, as I meant, my, my parents were really working class uh, people in Australia, so dad had a, you know, like a lot of people down that area, worked in the steelworks, so he did a lot of years there, and that uh, helped provide for our family and uh, you know, grew up, uh, you know, did the, the normal things I suppose that young people do. Although I did have a pretty uh, wayward, wayward teenage years there, I must admit. Uh, and uh, without going into all the detail there, I was fortunate that around, I was in my early 20s, I think, uh, and just started asking some, some big questions, I suppose. I saw some guys in my friendship group who weren't doing well and some guys about, 10 years down the track, I suppose, who were kind of up to the same things we were up to at the, at the time. And I looked ahead, they were tracking so well, and I, I sort of realised I needed to make some changes in my life, and that one thing led to another, started asking some of those bigger questions. What I didn't realise is that, you know, God was really knocking on my heart and my life to, to make himself known to me. And so at the age of about um, 22, I uh, came to a faith in, in Christ, and uh, that was after reading all sorts of books about philosophy, other religions, um, just exploring. And it was, it was when I got to the book of Proverbs, actually, 
um, just exploring this off my own bat. I hadn't really connected with anyone yet. And uh, it just really spoke to me, I think, because it opened up with, you know, talking about my son and, and those pearls of wisdom about how to do life because I didn't really know how to do life. I had a good relationship with my dad, but um, and it was just where he was at. It wasn't he wasn't someone who was really, they weren't passing on, look, this is how you do um, money and uh, here's how it works with girls and work. And so yeah. I never really had those conversations. <laughs> and so I think um, that proverb really spoke to me. Wow. So that was some of the early years. So tell us about the experience of uh, actually finding faith. How did that happen for you? I think it was God finding me as you learn as you get older. That's um, great. Yeah, exactly. you, think, you, think, you think it's you finding him at the time. Um, <laughs> but it was just asking those big questions there's around yeah. who am I and what am I doing? And um, there were things happening around me that sort of were, were prompting me to ask those questions. And, um, yeah, I was just reading a lot of different literature. And eventually um, it was read into Proverbs. And I thought, you know what, I need to connect with some people who sort of believe this stuff and, and yeah. living it out so I'll, I'll try a local church so I went to a local church and I drove around the church three times throughout the block <laughs> um, and then and then just like okay I've got to go in got to go in it won't be that bad um, <laughs> and, and eventually got in there about 20 minutes late into this service and um, funny story the guy who came up and shook my hand he was just a few years older than me and introduced himself and said hey I'm Daz nice to meet you end up becoming best man at my wedding for me. Wow. Later. So, wow. Um, I, you know, God got me in there and, uh, you know, yeah, that's a journey in itself, your faith, life journey. And so um, I'm also, I've been married to Michelle for nearly 25 years, I feel old when you say that. Yeah. And uh, I've got some kids who are in their early 20s uh, and they're, they're great and they're out sort of doing their thing now. Um, we've also been foster parents. Um, oh, right. And just love sort of speaking into people's lives. We, we've had a lot of people speak into our lives over the years, and that really gave me a heart for thinking, you know what, I need to be doing this myself. Yeah. And um, so that's, that's where that came from as well. So that, that's some of the broad brushstrokes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so so let, let's just pause for a moment and say that you, you know, that, that kind of was then the lead in to you to go, hey, People have sown into me, I want to sow back into others. I'm just going to pause that there because that's the counseling journey. But can I ask you, Nick, yeah. when we, we hear your journey and, and you know, it's, I love the fact that you've, you know, you've, you've had this family upbringing, but you've discovered God all for yourself outside of that. Um, one of my questions was going to be, how did your family react when you came to faith? Because you had a good relationship, you said, with your dad, but how did that then expand when you made this commitment to faith, how did yeah. that impact on your family? Yeah, they. Uh, I think my mum was um, right, quite sympathetic and sort of um, appreciative of it in some way because she, my, my dad, sort of reacted differently, and those around me and, and friendship group um, reacted differently because um, not that it's about what you do and don't do. That's the byproducts of it, but they're certainly noticeable things if you're not. Um, you know, getting up to some of the things that you were involved in beforehand and, and people see that change in you. But well, why aren't you doing this or doing that? Or how come you um, have changed in that way in your life? And that led to good discussions, but it's also very noticeable to, to people. So um, some were very supportive and others um, sort of almost seemed to take it personally, like I'd, I'd bailed out on them or something. Oh, I'd, right. I'd yeah. sort of left, left yeah. the group. But that's, yeah. as you learn, that becomes can become part of your walk because 
um, you know, all sorts of people can have plans for your life, and if it doesn't fit what they want, they may not uh, yeah. be in agreement with it. Mm. <laughs> so you mentioned that you have been married for 25 years. You've got um, kids who are in their 20s. L- let's yeah. ask... Uh, it's a big question, but what then when you look back over that period of time as a man, as a husband, and as a dad, what's been some of the things that you would say that you've struggled with, wrestled with, felt like you haven't had a handle on over that time? Yeah, well, um, you guys ask really, really big questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, You know what comes to mind, I think, just going going back um, is and standing in now looking back is probably just not knowing stuff that would have been really handy to know <laughs> um, that's a big deal it's the past on as I mentioned you know like um, hey mate this is um, you know how I can work with girls and, and, and you know working and making money and um, kind of relationships and friendships and you know, I suppose being to put some other words around that, that being called out into manhood. Yes. Um, and and I I know I think I know it'd be resonating with a number of blokes out there that, um, and it's not having a shot at you know your old man or your parents or anything. It's just you know you can't give what you don't have. So if that wasn't yeah. passed on, you've then got to make it up as you go. Yeah. Um, or try and glean it off other men, uh, or or just make mistakes and go, oh, okay, that didn't work. I won't, I won't do that again. Um, and hope that those mistakes aren't sort of, you know... Um, Catastrophic. You know, m- massive ones. So, <laughs> well, it's really interesting. Um, and what you just hinted on is the need for men to get around other men. And certainly in a momentum context, you know, we find so many broken men. And one of the key things we aim to let them do or encourage them to do is find a couple of buddies, buddies who are in the same journey, who are struggling with the same sort of things, even, but maybe a bit further down the track, or just somebody just to be open and honest with. And, and men, are not good at being open and honest about what, what they're struggling with internally. And so, you know, that's, that's great advice. Yeah. 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 It, it sounds simple, but it's simple and hard to do at one level, isn't it? Because yes. it means taking a step. So yes. it's, it's, there's a real step there of going, I, I have to take some initiative here, which I think yeah. can be a really good trait for, for us as men. Is mm. something I think wired into us as men of taking initiative. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to ourselves, not so much is, I need to take initiative for myself here and as you said, get other men in my life that can speak into my life yeah. and I can speak into theirs because it's yeah. not just that um, we as men are missing out on what they have to say or just being in our life, they're actually missing out on you Yes, yes. Um, as well. Yeah, so I think it goes both ways. Yeah. So I yeah, heartily agree, dude. So yeah. Having trusted other, um, you know, uh, brothers in your life that you can just do life with and talk yeah. to and reach out to when maybe things aren't going great or things are going great yeah. is it's such a blessing and um, but it, it requires a degree of intentionality yes, to make it happen. And having that relationship when things are good sets a basis for the relationship when things start to go sour, whatever that is. Right, so you just don't go to somebody when you're broken and you try to find somebody. That's very hard to do. But if you've got friendships already, and so if any man's listening, and you know who knows what the future holds, but you know find good friends now. Don't leave it until you're struggling. Find them now. Yeah. Can I can I just sure. throw in off the back of that too, Nick? I mean, you mentioned there is you know one of the things that 
you know, for a lot of people and men listening right now, perhaps didn't get the transition from boyhood to manhood well from their natural father. And I suppose it's a bit of a wake-up call to the church, and, and this is another topic we can explore for another time, but how important it is to have generations in the church where we've got elder men in the church who are willing to sit with the youngers and kind of be that father figure and, and help them in those areas and pass on the knowledge that they've gained potentially through mistakes uh, and go, hey, look, I've got some stuff I can share with you and, and help and kind of mentor people. And this is why, again, for Momentum, and I'm sure you're in agreement with this, getting men around your life of all ages is a great thing. You've got those who are going to be in front of you ahead of you who can give you the wisdom and there's people behind you that you can then pass on the wisdom to as well who might be a little younger coming through. Let's also then explore this yeah. this other sense of being intentional and we're talking about intentionality with relationships. Let's also then talk about this intentionality of when stuff comes up, let's be honest, we, we like to be there as a mate and we want to sit and help but there's often things that for a lot of us we feel unequipped to sit in a space with so if someone comes to as a friend and says look i'm struggling here it's like i can be a support to you but i don't have the keys and the tools to help you You might need to go and see a professional so as you can tell i'm leading into the counseling space here and for a lot of guys we tend to shy away from that now i've i was that person up until 38 and then my world kind of i had a light glow moment around some of my backstory and i delved into counseling because i wanted to get it fixed now, for those guys listening right now who go, I, I'm, I, I can see that. I've got some stuff out there, but this counseling thing scares me. It's emotions and feelings and vulnerability and all these things that, as men, we don't tend to do well. Um, paint a picture for us, yeah. Nick, about your experience with that um, and what you would say to encourage guys to step into that space. Okay. Um, there was a comment there around people speaking to your life, and I think um, a good question to ask yourself is, just to jump back to that one, is who's speaking into my life and whose life am I speaking into so that it, it, it goes sort of in every direction, up and down, if you like. So some of the who are ahead speaking into my life, and, and they can be older and younger people as well because mm. you, know, you can learn things from younger people, and whose life am I speaking into. And so there's that discipleship and, and just gleaning up other men and, you know, it's um, iron sharp as iron. The, the other part of that that you were talking about in terms of the counselling side, I think, is, and, and Des's comment about being there together in the good times, it's really, if you like, puts deposits in the bank for mm. if things go south, to call on is just, that's gold. Um, and when, not if, things go south at different yeah. times in our life. Yeah. Um, definitely those those close inner circle of, of men in your life, it might be one, two or three guys. Mm. So it's not like you need to have ten. Yeah. Um, you know, Jesus had the three and and the twelve and 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 so on and so forth. So I think there's, there's going to be those close guys that you can pretty much. Um, and it takes time. It, it, can I talk to them about anything? Where it's just like whatever comes up, I know I could go to them. Or if the answer is no, it's going okay. How can I build that relationship with my mates, with the right ones, the safe ones, the trusted ones, you know, the inner circle to get it to that point. And I think then there's beyond that, there's times where things happen in our life where, um, and, and us being mates to other guys, and, and sometimes it's not having all the answers, it's just being present and being quiet and say, hey, mate, I, I don't know what to say to you right now, but I'm just here for you. Um, that's huge. And then I think there's times where um, we can help other men. So there's the inner circle ones, and I think there's other men within our circle of influence, if you like, that 
we can speak into their life who might not be our closest ones. And I think that's important for us to become equipped with the skills to help people and also being able to go and see someone who um, can help us. And for me, similar to what you said, Tim, around my mid-30s, I yeah, sort of, it's a bit embarrassing saying, but I can say it now, uh, it's not really, I, I, I can say it quite comfortably. I didn't really hit manhood until I was in my mid-30s. What I mean by that, I was still a boy in a man's body. So I hadn't dealt with my stuff and hadn't been called out and I was still behaving like a boy, if you like. So really, for me, it was my mid-30s when I truly got to manhood, um, as as strange as that sounds. And so part of that for me was actually seeing a counsellor. And so um, I got to a point where the sort of the pain of staying sane um, was was, um, less than the... um, pain of change. So that became an important prompt for me. And there was also some pushing from some people around me in a loving way. But that was a real uh, game changer for me because I, there was stigma around it. I was reluctant. Um, you know, us guys tend to not do relationships as well and, you know, can kind of think we can fly solo and I'll just try harder and push mm-hmm. through this and I'll get there. Mm-hmm. And eventually you realise, well, that works until it doesn't. And and so that, to me, was really important. Where I went and saw a counsellor and thought, oh, wow, this is actually really helpful. It brought some stuff out into the light. And um, I, let's just say I, I came out a lot lighter than I went in. Yeah. And a number of sessions, well, I wasn't there for like a year, but a number of sessions were really helpful. Yeah. Nick, you, you, you said a couple of things that I want to I want to touch on. The first is that you went in hesitant, but you realized that this was actually a real benefit. And it's funny how we build up this thing in our head of what what we think this is going to be like and this resistance. And then when we actually get over that hurdle and we step into it, we go, oh, why didn't I do this sooner? (laughs) That's the first thing. Uh, You mentioned also about having people in our lives um, who we can talk to about anything. And I'm going to set this up for the second half of the show. We're going to come back in a minute because I think one of the things that men particularly struggle with with that and I'm talking, you know, particularly from, from a sexual uh, perspective here is shame and shame around that and shame around this feeling yeah. that, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, I don't feel like a man. I still feel like a boy in a man's body. Or I've got this stuff happening in the background that I just can't talk to anybody about because I feel shame around it. And I want to come back and talk about that, this idea of shame, but also linking that into a recent podcast that you did at AIFC around shame and the stories that we tell ourselves because I think this is going to be really helpful for men when we come back to explore that space and see what's actually happening for us and maybe maybe encourage men to step out over that hurdle and into this space and go, you know what, once I've actually stepped into that and, and had the conversation, this weight actually feels like it's lifted and, and you know, some of us here, we, we felt like that. We can attest to that, which is why we're trying to encourage other guys into that space. We're, we're chatting with Nicholas Marks. Nick is the CEO of AAFC. We're going to take a short break and come back and explore that in the second half of the show. In the meantime, love you to explore the website while we take a short break. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. Find out a bit more about Momentum, what we do, what we aim to do. And uh, you can check out previous episodes of the show as well. But stay tuned for part two with Nicholas Marks in just a moment right here at Momentum. Welcome back to this week's Momentum. Tim and Des with you and our special guest this week is Nick- Nicholas Marks. Nick is the CEO of AIFC, the Australian Institute of Family Counseling. We've talked a bit about Nick's backstory uh, in the first part of the show and uh, we're leading into this sense of men being vulnerable, uh, being intentional 
with stepping out, finding other men to have conversations with, maybe getting some counselling. And some of the th- so the things that can stop us from doing that. And Nick, we, we mentioned in the first part of the show that for for a lot of us, we, we, we resist going or reaching out to people for help or a counselling session, for example, and yet we find that space, we step into that space, we suddenly realise that it was really helpful for us. And I said, I think one of the things that we struggle with this as men is shame. Shame around perhaps that we're not where we want to be in life. Shame where we feel like we might still, as you and I have expressed, feel like we're an adult, but we still feel like a boy in many in many streams of our lives. And the shame around perhaps our sexuality or we're not handling this well or I'm not providing for my family well or, or this thing. So I know that you guys at AAFC, you've just um, done a podcast called Shame and the Stories We Tell Ourselves. If you want to check that out after the show, go to the um, aifc.com.au website. The podcast is titled Cancel Culture and the show is Shame and the Stories We Tell Ourselves. So I encourage you to check that out afterwards. But let's unpack that a little bit and I suppose start by exploring what is shame. When we feel shame for whatever reason, what's actually happening for us in our body? Yeah, um, thank, thank you. And thank you for the plug of the Council Culture Podcast. I really <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> uh, the, nice one. the invoice will appear shortly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, in, it's in the mail. Um, yeah, shame. It, it, look, it, it, it is common to all of us. I think that's important to say that. Um, we you know, go right back to uh, the beginning, literally you know, the beginning uh or, or should I say the fall and after the fall, um, we, we see it in our, our first ancestors. And Adam and Eve um, were ashamed and then they covered themselves and hid from God because of their shame. So, you know, it's, it's, it's almost something that we inherit, if you like, um, but may not be aware of it. Um, so there's some common ancestry there. Um, it's, 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 it's quite, um, it's deceptive and... It can be this hidden thing um, that can sneak up and jump on you. It's a, a belief that we have or our response to something that we aren't enough as a person or in a situation um, that we might find ourselves in that, well, I can't do that because of this and therefore I, I feel this about myself, that I'm exposed or seen for what I think I am, then that will be so very bad to the point where I just think I'll die or I won't recover from. If people know what I'm really like or what I've done, um, then they wouldn't like me or want to have anything to do with me, that sort of thinking. And that's yeah. where shame comes in and creeps up on us and, and and tries to attach itself to our identity in the sense of um, not just I've done this and therefore I, I don't think I have what it takes, which is a very big thing as a, mm. as a man, as a guy. Do I? It's one of the key questions we ask ourselves, I think, is do I have what it takes? And so shame will come in and say, well, no, you don't. Mm. Um, and therefore you need to hide and go solo, which is um, something us guys tend to do it's more of. what we do. Yeah. Um, and we can all, yeah, yeah, we, we retreat, hide, withdraw. Uh, go solo, and then we can put in place these coping mechanisms to then get by. Um, we think we've got to get by. I've got to sort of have that outward appearance, and that I've got it together, and I'm, you know, delivering and providing and doing all the things that I should be doing. And so we end up really creating this sense of a false self. Yes. Um, and these coping mechanisms, 
which can end up actually becoming um, self-medicating. And by that, I don't just mean taking pills. It might be that it could be that I take pills. It could be porn, or it could be that I drink more. It could be that I'm a workaholic. It could be that I just don't talk about anything um, that is relational or personal or of any depth. I'll just keep things very surface. Yeah. So it's not just the um, usual suspects, but it can be. But we will put in place coping mechanisms um, to to deal with it. Um, and certainly that last one, Nick, um, you know, just... Uh, scratching the surface yes i'm okay yes i'm doing good yeah everything's okay i'm fine you know and, and we know that's still not true right and so get having that ability to break through that is so important hmm. yeah yeah it, it so is and um and and so if we if we do hide and the shame sort of continues to lurk in the background it actually becomes if I put this language around it, and we talk about this in the podcast, is it actually becomes part of the story that we tell ourselves. Yeah. So it's the narrative of it's my narrative or your narrative. This is yeah. this is who I am. This is there's actually something wrong with me. Um, and so we're carrying around this shame in our backpack of these yeah. things that we've done or believe about ourselves. And um, until we set it down, um, and this is where we can feel we as as a person of faith, as a believer. And this is where, um, you know, the enemy gets in. You, you have a genuine faith, a genuine belief, and and you're carrying around these things. And so you don't feel free. Um, and you go, what's all this freedom people are talking about in Christ? I don't feel that. And you're lugging around this stuff. And, and I just want to say that the good news in the good news is that you can be free and you can set these things down. The antidote to it, though, is what feels like the worst thing in the world to deal with the shame is actually talking to somebody and bringing it out into the light hmm. um, to, to bring it into the light with a trusted person, with trusted pe- person or people, people or persons, I should say, uh, and to be, um, I use the V word, it's be vulnerable. And yeah. um, vulnerable, vulnerability is not a weakness. It's actually a real strength. It's a lot of courage in being vulnerable with the right people uh, as, as God is vulnerable um, with us, as we see in Christ's life, he's vulnerable. And, and vulnerability can, yes, it can risk rejection and being hurt. So there's some risk with it. But gee, the rewards of setting down this you know, backpack and this heavy weight of shame and what it brings is so worth it. Uh, and again, I'm speaking from experience here so I can yeah. uh, testify to it. It's amazing. It's interesting, should I say, rather than amazing, in terms of us putting a narrative in our own life. And, and we all do that. Uh, how do you how do you break through that? And and you can be open and honest with somebody, but what are the steps that help you to define a new narrative? How do you talk that into existence? How do you believe that into existence? Can you talk through that a little bit? I think it can be twofold. I think there can be these big aha breakthroughs that people yeah. do have. Yeah. And I think there can be, um, you know, there's a process as well. Yeah. Uh, for example, seeing, oh, I think I really advocate, I probably should in my job, shouldn't I, with AIC, but I really advocate <laughs> seeing a, a Christian counsellor yeah. because there's always there's always three people in the room and, and so there's, by that I mean there's the Christian counsellor, you and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And Amen. so, um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And so um, there's that process of just bringing things out into light, setting some things down. 
Um, and then putting some things in practice, bringing it out of the light, setting some things down, putting it into practice. And, um, you know, that, that um, separation, if you like, of, which is a lie, that um, this is my identity. No, your identity is, a, is if you're a believer, is the son of God. Mm. And not the things that you've done on your worst day. That's yeah. not who you are. It's just the stuff you've done. Yeah, that's right. So you know that that's really important. And and I think again, having that, having people around you who speak into this. Yeah. Transformation. I want, I want your listeners to remember this one. I'll say it twice. Transformation happens in relationship. Yes. So it yes. happens in relationship with God, and it happens in relation so vertically, yeah. and it happens horizontally in relationship with other men, with other people. And so when we do that open relationship with other, with God, with other blokes, that's where transformation happens. And so we need each other to actually be renewed in our mind, to actually change the way that we think um, and to, um, you know, just to walk in that freedom that we really do have in Christ. So if we have um, men who are listening to the show, uh, uh, whatever time it's, it's broadcast, and they... Uh, they maybe don't have faith, that they don't have a Christian belief. Um, would you still recommend to them a Christian counsellor or would you say find somebody who's more aligned with you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, I, I know within ASC we, we train and equip our counsellors, Christian counsellors, yeah. to be able to counsel anybody yeah. of a different faith, no faith at all. Yeah, very much so. I would encourage yes, them good. to see a Christian counsellor. So I think that's a wonderful thing to do. And so I know with our counsellors, they're accredited uh, the highest standards to be able to work with um, anybody. And that's really important in a very non-judgmental, very secure and safe way. Good. And that's really important to stress that. Yeah. And, and if, if faith isn't yet one of, an anchor that you have, you want, to be, you want to be tapping into people's strengths and what their anchors are so they can keep. Um, and if faith isn't one of those, okay. Well, let's find other things that are really real anchors for you so you can um, come out of the effects of what shame does because it has a freezing effect on us. We sort of get stuck in whatever that thing is we're ashamed of or did or was done to us. And so as that unfreezing happens and you can learn to anchor yourself in what your deep beliefs are, whatever they are, um, and then you can start to change in some of your behaviours and your thinking and, and relationships and so on and so forth. And, and that's often the stuff that, us blokes shy away from is the relational side of things. But I think that even though it um, might feel like throwing with our left hand, if you're a righty, um, <laughs> you, ev- you eventually like throwing with your left hand, build some muscle and, and you get better and you get better and you get better. Yeah. And um, it works. It happens. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. Nick, as we, as we get ready to wrap up the show, I just want to, um, I suppose, go back to, the fact that you you mentioned there, particularly in Christian circles, particularly in the church, yeah. particularly yeah. when we have a faith, there yeah. there seems to be this for men as yeah. well, this sense of we've got to rock up with our public face at times, right? And yet we know what's happening in our private lives, and sometimes there can be a a, a, res- a wrestle or a tension between the two because you know who we are in public. And the face that we present at church and we feel like we have to present at church is in a bit of contrast to we know you know who we are and who who the real us is in private 
and the things that we might do in private, whether it's coping mechanisms to numb out, to get through whatever it may be. So I just want to, I suppose, as a final thought, because the we, we've talked about that the positives of, of stepping into that space and, and all of us can agree that once you get over that initial hurdle, the benefits of doing that and finding community and finding connection and finding vulnerability with other men, whoever that may be for you, whether it is a counselor or just a couple of guys you meet in your local church group, whatever it may be, the benefits of that are huge. But for a lot of men, let's be honest, the, the stumbling block is that initial, I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to bear something about myself that nobody else is going to know except me. And particularly in church circles, sometimes we don't feel like we have that uh, safe place to be able to do that. What are people going to think? Because they know I'm a Christian. I've, I might even be in a fairly high position in the church. You know, I might I might have yeah. this reputation within the church that people know or think that I'm this 100% pure man when I know differently. So I suppose just a final thought around that for guys listening to go, hey, you know, how do we find those people? What would you say to encourage them to go, you know, have the conversation, find a safe place? How do we present as a safe person to others? And how do we find those safe places in men so that we can at least start the journey? I think if you can think about the the men that you know, um, so speaking to your listeners, the men that you know and, and who are trusted, particularly if they share your beliefs. And so if we're talking about men within uh, in Christian circles as believers, uh, I think that's really important because what you um, have as you hold most dear to you is you've got that um, starting point that you can share mm-hmm. um, because that can then become, that, that's a big part of it. I think if, if we're people of faith and we're carrying shame and dealing with these things, that's part of what can hold us back. Is oh, I can't talk to him because I'm, well, this isn't how you should be, and this is, you know, the Bible says, and I've done this, and and so I think if you can have someone uh, that you can sit down and think of, or someone that you've just spoken to, if they don't come to mind, in the, that you've just felt relaxed around, you've got some rapport with, and they, it's kind of just a, you know, a, a connection or a chemistry with where it's just, you know, what I can I can just chat to. Um, Des, he's just really relaxed and I, I just feel um, more myself when I'm chatting. So that sort of thing is, is yeah. a good telltale. Um, and, and and also pray about it. Pray and ask God, who is? can you bring someone into my, I really believe this, can you bring someone into my life that I can talk to? I need to take this out and get this out. Um, and it might be then as well, it, it might be that you need to go deeper and then you know see a Christian counselor to go deeper into some of these things. So you might start off seeing a, a trusted friend or someone you feel really comfortable with and or see a Christian counsellor to talk to where you might want to go or be able to go deeper into um, some of the issues that are there if, if they need it. So I think that's a really good thing to do. So I'd really advocate that. But that first step is probably the hardest and feels so counterintuitive. Um, this is, feels like exactly what I don't want to do. Uh, however, if I can just encourage you, that really is the antidote and the start of the antidote of setting this heavy backpack down and really walking in the freedom that you really do have. And uh, just to encourage you, your listeners again, and for men out there and for women who might be listening, for um, men they know in their lives um, that could benefit from this, is regardless of what you've done to date or how you started or, or how you're going in the middle years or wherever you're at, 
um, you can finish well. And there's, you know, whether you're 20, 40, 60, or in at whatever age, uh, God's not done with you yet, and everything can be redeemed in Him. And um, there's real hope ahead, and you can, with Him, get through this and live and walk in the victory that is yours. So really encourage the men out there. Mm. Yeah. Um, great final thoughts there, Nick. Love that. Um, and I think uh, you and I have said in the conversation, it's not where you start, but how you finish, which is essentially another way of saying what you just said there, which is so true. And so, man, we want to encourage you to do that. Yeah. Um, our special guest has been Nicholas Marks. Uh, Nick is the CEO of AIFC, Australian Institute of Family Counseling. Their website, aifc.com.au aafc.com.au and from there you can access their recent podcast it's the council culture is the podcast and we talked about their recent show shame and the stories we tell ourselves again you can go to the website and access the podcast there and have a listen to that more in a bit more uh, in depth Um, next time we chat to nick we're going to get you back on the show and talk about um another series that you've done on the podcast which is the under pressure series which covers a whole bunch of different areas of life where people might be feeling the squeeze right now and uh, nick we're going to invite you back to talk into that space and just give people some tips in each of those areas some thoughts around how we can deal with the pressure that we're currently feeling in society nicholas marks will be our special guest next time on momentum in the meantime nick been a great pleasure having you on the show thank you for your time and your wisdom and your input oh thank you tim and thank you Dad. it's been a real pleasure to be here Thank you so much. And in the meantime, I encourage you to check out our website, MomentumAustralia.org. You can uh, rehear this uh, show and also previous shows of Momentum. And again, we are a not-for-profit organization. We'd love to have some dollars so we can continue to do Momentum and encourage men all around the nation. MomentumAustralia.org, the website. I'd love you to check out the website for more details. Des, been a pleasure. We'll catch you next time on Momentum. As always, indeed. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.